Well, hello there. This is Jim, the Keys bartender. I hope my, you know, it sounds like my microphone's on. If you're not familiar with the Keys bartender podcast, this podcast is about bartending and Keys life and life in general. Okay. <clears throat> I don't think over the last several days, starting on uh, this past, I guess, Friday, you ever get that thing where you get like just start feeling a little tickle in your throat and it starts to uh you know you're going to get you know you're something off about you well that's what happened to me and on saturday i almost lost my voice it was it was luckily it wasn't too busy i brought a whistle in i know i thought it was going to be real sharp if i had to get someone's attention because we have a band and my voice doesn't project well when it, you know, I had that head cold and it was real. And I just toughed it out and went in. If you have the opportunity when you're not feeling well and you have a big enough staff, you know, I, I'm allergic to calling out sick. Yes, it's been, it's been, well, I guess it hasn't been that long because I had, I, I think a heart attack. Is that, that's calling out sick, Right. But uh, there was no way for me to get into work there, and they barred me from going into my job. But uh, Saturday night I went in and made it uh, through the night, and then today is Monday, so uh, I use Sunday for recovery. That's my day off, and I'm, that's always it. Always seems as if I'm getting. Uh, sick on the last day of work and then recovering on my days off, which is the way I like it. I don't like, I, I, I am not a big fan of being sick and work. Well, I'm not a big fan of being sick. So today, I'm feeling much better, even though I may sound a little rougher or anything. My voice may sound a little deeper. You just do that. Well, what I wanted to talk to the listener about today and if you're interested in bartending, talk about the bartending thing because we are uh, a keys. Uh, we we do besides being a tourist destination and a locals hangout. We also have special events, you know, for the community. Coming up <clears throat> next month is the witch's ride, and we'll probably have like two two hundred fifty people in there, and we'll bring in. There'll be two bartenders on that. On that, and um, we're opening our outside bar to take a little heat off the main bar. But what we tend to do with that is we offer drink special. And what you do is you price something, you make it a theme. Like the witch's ride, we make a, a witch's brew, and you batch it. You make a big batch of it, you make gallons of it, and you price it to move. You price it to move. Well, that serves multiple purposes. First of all, you're giving a deal to the people that are coming in for the fundraiser or the special event. And um, you, you know, making it special and you're just moving it through that day, pricing at that level so it moves. And it's taking the pressure off other drinks, having batch drinks have that are pre-made for special events uh, keeps you from having to make, you know, to stop and do too many other things. Now, 
I do notice sometimes at these events when there's 200 people, you know, you get people and they say, oh, I'll have a beer, I'll have a wine, blah, 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 blah. And then someone will ask for a three or four um, ingredient shot. Not everyone's in the restaurant business. They don't, they don't consider that, oh, well, it's maybe not be a very good, you know, inconvenient time. There's, you know, there's six people besides me waiting for a drink. So maybe I'll just order something simple. No, that, that's not the way people think. And I'm not saying they should, but if you're well-versed, you've been to a bar or two, maybe it would be a good thing to say, hey, listen, I'll wait until it's a little slower. I don't order a fancy drink, you know, but, you know, some people just don't think that way. And I'm not suggesting that they're selfish or, um, you know, you know, thoughtless, it's just the way it is. They're, if, they're, if they're not experienced, you got people that are in the business, they come in and they'll just, um, they're empathetic. They sympathize with you when you're busy. But the more you can batch something, the better. But the reason made me think about this the other night, because we have a lot of specialty martinis we do. We do espresso martini, lychee pertini, um, orange crush. Uh, what other ones we have? Espresso, lychee, eh, peanut butter. God, the peanut butter one. But originally... When you start making drinks and uh, let's say you're at a restaurant and they have their custom cocktails and custom cocktails aren't things you've learned through the years because they're made with um, unique ingredients that probably, you know, the restaurant and bar that you're in tries to make their own. So... And that's just like a golden margarita or a Cadillac margarita where all the, all the ingredients are normally the same. Long Island iced tea. Things like that. But once you get it down, once it takes a, it takes a couple thousand you know, repetitions to get things done where you're just adept in making them. For me, it's um, the function is not the amount of liquor that goes in it or how many bottles go in. It's how many bottles I can grab at one time. I've seen people do the three and four bottles at a time. And if it's the signature drink of the restaurant and you have like four drinks and you have, uh, they all get like three, four liquors in it. Yeah, there's a way you can go and do it if you have a, uh, your speed pours on and you, you grab two bottles in each hand. I've seen people do three. I'm, um, I've, done, I've done four bottles, two bottles in each hand. But the problem with that is sometimes pours don't act the way you want them to act. You know, you want the, if you're pouring this, um, bottles out of the same hand, let's say you have two or three bottles in one hand, you're, you're not pouring uh, a 1-1,000 pour one th- uh, on one and a 2-1,000 pour on another, meaning you're doing equal amount of liquor in all of it. And that's what it mainly is for things like uh, Long, Island, Long Island iced teas and things like that. But when you go to margaritas, especially margaritas, you're putting different amounts of liquor in it. 
you put your triple sec or your Grand Monnier or Cointreau in it. So you can't really double up on it. But you have a tendency when you make a drink a lot of times to get really good at making it quickly and getting your order of operation down. And I talk about that all the time when you're making drinks. When you have, um, let's say, a 20-drink order. And I'll think about all the drinks if it's if they're regular cocktails and Collins glasses. I put up my Collins glass, make sure I have a bunch of ice, and then make sure that my rums are right next to each other and things like that. And I put little um, straws and and garnishes on things to delineate the difference in the drink. So if something's a Bacardi and Coke, uh, I'll, you know, unless they say no lime, I stick a lime on it and stuff like that. Captain and Coke, don't have a lime. Don't have to worry about that. But sometimes you have uh, like a Tito's and club soda next to a Grey Goose and club soda. Virtually identical. So I might put two straws in the goose. One straw in the Tito's. And, but I try to be consistent about that. And I do that with glasses. Like we have beer glasses. So if you order a Bud Light or a Miller Light and they're standing next to each other in the same type of glass, it's going to be very hard. So I try to line them up and order tickets and things like that. So it's all about speed. And I talk about speed many times when, when you're bartending. Uh, precision is great. Accuracy, consistency in your drinks, consistent tasting drinks, using similar ingredients, the same kind of pour, same kind of preparation. But you also, it's, you know, I have nightmares. I have nightmares where I'm going to work and where I'm at working, doing whatever. I was in software sales. I am, my nightmare is being ill-prepared. And the one, the nightmare for bartending is not having... Um, my mixers not having the right liquors, not having the ice, all that stuff. And having to go and look for them in different places where you're not, let's say you're, you're not uh, used to looking for. So that's the nightmare for me. It's kind of like getting caught in um, high school without your clothes on. But not having not having the things I need to bartend, that's that's embarrassing for me. At least that's what the way it presents itself when I'm dreaming. So I think about batching and quickly how I do things. Every so often, I I have a good idea. Like I'll look around if I I have a couple regulars I like to get dark and stormies or or Moscow Mules, or ginger beer is getting really popular. When I say ginger beer, you know, I don't mean ginger ale. And it's really not a beer, it's more of a soda. But it's made with ginger, it's a little spicy, it's a little slightly sweet, but not as sweet as ginger ale. And uh, I may come walking into the bar because I say, you know what, I know I'm probably going to get a Moscow Mule or Dark and Stormy coming, coming in here tonight. Do I have ginger beer? Do I have those things? Do I have those things ready? So when I'm thinking about speed, I think about like a big event. I think about batching. I think about if it's a wine group. Of, if there's a lot of people, I think drink wine. Or if it's bottled beer, I may keep a lot of the big things like Michelob Ultra is huge now. Michelob Ultra. But light, not so much. But it'll come back too. So you got your Michelob Light. 
your Michelob Ultra, you got your Miller Light, you got your Coors Light, and you got your Bud Light, some Bud. And every so often, Corona. And then uh, the huge thing now is the White Claws or the hard seltzers. And the beef I have with that is the many different flavors. And people come in, they go, do you have mango? Do you have lime? Which are two of the least favorite ones for people like that, as well as lemon and grapefruit. Then you have strawberry watermelon. And people come up and say, can I get this flavor? And I'm like, we're not Baskin Robbins, but we do have some, of you know, we do have different flavors and stuff like that. I would suggest that you get the two most popular ones. Because this is what happens. We get all these things. We get all the burry ones go out the door right away. And then you're stuck with the ones people are least amount. And they you have a tendency to build up. You, and you can buy them separately. You can buy them with the, the flavors you want. I don't think you have to have every flavor. Just like when a, a liquor rep comes in and says, you have to have, we have 22 different flavored vodkas. You got to have that. Well, trust me, there's only like three or four vodka flavors that are really pretty big. And that would be uh, lemon, orange, let's say vanilla. Did I miss anything else? And then everything else is like way down the list way down you'll, you'll get some people say oh yeah that iced tea vodka is really great or grapefruit vodka or a cherry vodka no it isn't it's great you know it's great to have it You if you make a specialty drink but you just be ready You to have the liquor that you have and all that stuff and, and do the batching you need for events and you know speed will come your way and I just I thought I'd speak on that. It's just the way you prepare your head for these uh, a busy night. And fortunately on our busy night, which was this past Friday, it was way busier than a normal Friday should be. And we are in the slow season. We don't really know why it was particularly busy. We had one or two bigger parties, you know, 20, 18 people. But that didn't really put us over the top. We had... We were crowded without those. So when I'm in on the weekends, I'm just thinking about what I need to speed. I need to have a bunch of fruit cut. And if my bar back's, you know, getting ice and my backup supplies for me and stuff like that, I'm ready to go. Well, before I move on, if you do like the show, I'd like you to uh, know that on our website, keysbartender.com, that uh, we have uh, gear, Keys Bartender gear for sale. Hats, T-shirts, wine mugs, coffee mugs, and things like that. Just check it out. It's all um, provided by Shopify with secure payments. And all the proceeds go to supporting the show. And I'd like to thank everyone. I'd like to thank you for listening. And, you know, they make great gifts for the coming holidays right here. And you know, uh, I think in October, it's Columbus Day, or what they call it, Discoverer's Day, or whatever new holiday is. And then Thanksgiving. What better thing to bring your 
your grandmother when you go to Thanksgiving, which is in two short months. And we'll be starting to do that countdown. Obviously, I think we're under 100 days. If we're, we're getting close to 100 days till Christmas. 100 shopping days? Maybe not. Maybe there's less than that already. But check out keysbartender.com and go to Keys Bartender Gear and you can get your, you know, all your gifts, great stocking stuffers and things like that. I wanted to talk to you also about, since this coming Wednesday, I have another doctor's appointment up in Miami. I am so not used to regularly going to the doctor's my whole life. I mean, I guess when I was younger, I'd get ear infections when I was a little kid, when I was a child, getting ear infections and things like that. But then for years, I'd, you know, I'd, get, I'd have a sprained ankle, which I really, you know, I never really go to a doctor for a sprained ankle or anything like that. Uh, a cut that, unless I need, it definitely looked like it's, it's stitches, but I haven't really needed stitches maybe once in the last, 25 years and um, that was when I foolishly chased a foul volleyball under a tree at uh, Sandals, Jamaica and Ocho Rios I think it was Dunn's River Falls or Ocho Rios was the name of the resort and I'm playing after down the considerably uh, considerable amount of red stripe beer and bourbon I'm playing volleyball, and I nearly scalped myself on a tree, on the edge of the tree, chasing a dead ball. And uh, if you ever need to get um, stitches or any light medical treatment, such as stitches, one of these all-inclusive resorts is the way to go. Because when that happened, uh, I went to the, uh, you know, I'm bleeding. There's blood coming down my head. I hope you're not eating while you're listening to the show. But I went to the nurse's office on the uh, on site, and she cleaned my head. And it was about four or five o'clock in the evening. And uh, I said, uh, "She goes, well, do you have you have dinner plans tonight?" She goes, "Listen, come down here in a half hour, and we're going to call the doctor, and the co- doctor's going to come in, and he's going to." clean, you know, clean the site. And she cleaned the site up, but, you know, put in a couple stitches. And you'll make your dinner reservation. We had dinner at a uh, Japanese steakhouse on property. And I'm thinking, wow, I'm not, I'm not going to miss that. I'm going to miss that dinner, I think. Because you're used to. you used to, uh, anytime you go to a hospital for something like that, it's a, a minimum three hours. Well, don't you know it? She cleaned me up. I went upstairs. I took. I I got showered, changed, dressed, and went back down. And uh, about fifteen minutes before our reservation, and my wife at the time uh, went and sat in there and so you know sat with the people we were hanging out with. And I got there like five minutes after. It took about fifteen twenty minutes. Yeah. Fifty dollars. I didn't even. I didn't even make a claim on my insurance. But nowadays, all the doctors' appointments, medicine—it is a drag. Like that song uh, by 
the Rolling Stones, it is a drag getting old. It really is. And I do feel it when I'm bartending or doing things. Um, not so much, you know, you, you feel odd sensations, odd sensations that you're not used to. And it's kind of, um, it can get in your head a bit. It can get in your head a bit when you're used to just getting up and doing stuff and whenever anything would you're not feeling so hot. You say, oh, this is just temporary. It's just going to pass. Uh, I drank too much last night. I, I, I played a pickup game of football and I got a little banged up. I may have, you know, tried to take down a door with my shoulder. So that's going to be sore for a couple of weeks. Yeah, normal, you know, the normal uh, young man stuff. But as you get older, things can break for no reason whatsoever. Just getting up, turning the wrong direction. Now, I know being, uh, I did mention just getting up for me, getting up and going to the gym adds uh, vigor to me. Makes me feel better. Sets me, I I know that part. But every so often, there'll be something that comes up. And I'll think, what the hell? Why does aging happen? Why doesn't it, when you take care of yourself, you think, can't you just go on? I mean, it's kind of selfish, isn't it? I realize, I intellectually accept that aging happens. I just don't accept it in myself. Right? You just sit there and you get up in the morning and you think, boy, I'm, 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 go- I'm going to the doctor. The guy's, uh, I'm going to see him on Wednesday. We're going to review the medication. I'm going to say to him, I say, hey, listen, doc, can you take me off some of this medication? Do I have to be there? Do I have to take this and this? You put me on an extra blood thinner? Is it because... Was the extra blood thinner because of something you got in my blood work? Was my blood a little too thick? Maybe I have to, you know, have to get a little more blood work so they can review it again to see, you know, how how thin does my blood have to be? How, I mean, I always, I mean, I've been changing what I'm eating, so what's the difference? Uh, Do I need a low cholesterol medication if I'm not eating bacon and tons of red meat anymore and staying away from salt so those things it's 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 uh, quite it's a quite interesting I know everyone that's listening here because I, I know my demographics are a little little older uh, skew a little older for the podcast it is just an interesting thing because you never think that you're going to hit that age where you have to worry about those things and that your you know, your eyes aren't as strong as you are, or you're not. Uh, the nice thing, like I said, about getting the procedure I had done, which will be almost two weeks now, um, is I do feel m- more vigorous, actually, cardio-wise. I can I can go and I move faster. My heart rate, my heart isn't racing. I'm not breathing heavy. Uh, that's interesting, but that's not. A function to age. That's a function to. Um, I mean, I'm not getting better as I get older, but uh, it opened up an artery, so I got more blood flow. 
So I do understand why the one of the biggest industries right now are, you know, the medication, you know, hu- people getting human growth hormone uh, injections, uh, doing whatever they do, all, all the cosmetic surgery, which ruined so many beautiful starlets. They're just ruined because of that. I mean, some almost, I, I haven't seen someone look really good with plastic surgery when they hit my age in a long time. Years ago, there was this woman who um, came into a restaurant that I was working. And her she looked like she was around 38 years old. But her body looked really kind of frail. The way she moved, she moved slow. And I looked at her hand, and her hands looked about 30 years older than her face. And then I realized this woman was the result of cosmetic surgery. That's the reason she looks like that. And I said, wow, you know, it's really, it's really hard to get all those things together at a time. So, I mean, you, when, when you look at uh, some guys and they just dye their hair jet black or jet, you know, dark brown and things like that. And you, so you have it. It just seems to really stand out, that one thing. When you get the eyes done or the lips done, you know, the lips, uh, things like that. It, it's such a crazy industry. It's, I think it's akin that people are getting things done. These com- cosmetic surgeons are doing it. And, we're, and Miami is the capital of elective surgery in the United States. If I mean, L.A., you may call it L.A., but Miami is huge. There's tons of them. And I don't begrudge someone plastic surgery. I don't begrudge someone being in the business of performing plastic surgery. I just think that uh, a lot of times the result is worse than what would have happened naturally. I mean, ca- cosmetic surgery originally came about um, to fix injuries people had. And then it became an, its own field of study. So for me, uh, my main thing, what I'd rather have, is my insides to be healthy. I don't really care about that I'm, I'm showing, you know, wear and tear on my body. I don't re- really, I don't mind showing age, but I do, I don't like feeling it. So if I had the, if I had the, the option right now looking my age, which, you know, you never know, you know, you never know, you never know how you look because I guess you're always watching yourself age. So when I'm looking in the, I'm looking at myself right now in the mirror. I guess I look around 48. No, no, 50, 55. 55 me? Uh, I could be younger. Some people suggest I look younger or not, but I don't see it. I don't see, um, I don't see 60. 
But I, I, you know, sometimes it's weird. Uh, I'm starting to feel it more and more. And it's interesting the decline that you have sometimes if you don't uh, take care of yourself, how quickly the decline decline takes place. And I don't mean to be depressing about that. So you got to really take care of yourself. I think another thing you got to do is make sure you have to um, give yourself, you have to have an optimistic point of view because the only other option in not aging at all is not getting older and the the number one, it's you know, since I last checked, the number one uh, cure for aging is death. That'll lock you in at that age for the rest of your life. Now you won't look so hot maybe in a year or two, but you're you're forever going to be sixty. You can't say no one ever says oh, we died when you're sixty. Well, Jim's ninety-eight. No, if I died when I was sixty, I was sixty. That's it. I'm always sixty got a little morbid, isn't it? I'm not trying to be morbid. I'm just saying it's part of life, right? We talk about Keys life. And being down in the Keys here, uh, Florida already has, a, I guess, an older demographic. Florida's pretty pretty much an older demographic. The Florida Keys are slightly older, too. Now, we got some young people with the fishing and stuff like that, but it's nowhere near. It doesn't have the vibe of Miami. The young people... Uh, the crush of youth. We don't have that in, in the Keys. So the Keys skew for this part of South Florida, a little older, I guess maybe, you know, about the same as Naples, Florida or, or Sarasota. And, and we have a whole town. We have a whole town. The villages up in uh, north central Florida that I would venture to say the median age is in its late 60s. And that's with some of the people that are servicing it. They're bringing the, the average down. So it could be higher. It could be in the 70s. Um, and I guess it's like Rodney Dangerfield said in Back to School. He was the um, <clears throat> owner, and his character was the owner of the big and, uh, Maloney's Big and Fat Stores says, if you want to look smaller, hang around with fat people. Or you want to look slim, hang around with slim. If you want to look young, hang around with older people. That's my suggestion. Okay, well, this is Jim the Keys bartender. I will be back again uh, perhaps tomorrow. And I hope you had a great day. I'm, I'm sorry, my voice does sound a little different, but it's much better than it was yesterday. I'll talk to you later. Bye.